1: President Trump and his aides go on defense over new questions about his fitness for office. Plus, is the president trimming back his hours in the Oval Office and Oprah Winfrey for president? It might not be so far-fetched anymore. This is the State of America Tonight.
2: Everything that I've done is 100% proper.
3: The reality is, is the president is a political genius. Every time you speak to him, you think this is a wingnut. I
2: went to uh, the best colleges for college. I was a very excellent student. Plainly, we have a seriously flawed human being in the Oval Office. There's this new phrase,
0: executive time.
2: Executive time apparently refers to when the president would tweet, uh, listen to phone calls, make phone calls, and watch
0: television.
4: A new day is on the horizon. <laughs>
0: She is actively thinking about running for president in 2020.
1: Hello, everyone. I'm Nia Malika Henderson, live in Washington, in for Kate Baldwin. To our viewers watching around the world, this is the State of America tonight. President Trump is wheels up On Air Force One, he's headed down south, leaving the White House here in Washington and headed uh, into the heart of Trump country for speech in Tennessee. Then it's off to Georgia for the college football national championship game. Now, this all seems quite fitting that he'll end his day with football, since his his team is very much playing defense against explosive claims that people in Trump's inner circle actually question his mental stability. Here's the president at Camp David this weekend.
2: I went to uh, the best colleges, or college, Uh, I went to a, uh, I had a situation where I was a very excellent student, came out, made billions and billions of dollars, became one of the top business people, went to television, and for 10 years was a tremendous success, as you probably have heard, Uh, ran for president one time and won.
1: And the president's remarks remarks were followed up by Trump's top aides on Sunday, praising him and defending his stability. No one questions the stability of the president.
3: President Trump is completely capable. The reality is, is the president is a political genius.
1: Now, that last aid you saw was Stephen Miller, he's one of the president's senior advisors. And in a fiery CNN interview, it was clear that the president's fitness for office wasn't the only thing on his mind. There were also those headline-making comments from Steve Bannon in the book Fire and Fury.
3: It's tragic and unfortunate that Steve would make these grotesque comments so out of touch with reality and obviously so vindictive. And the whole White House staff is deeply disappointed in his comments, which were grotesque. I think that what the point is, is that his role has been greatly exaggerated, whereas the president hasn't gotten the due that he deserves for the movement that he put together to tap into the kinds of people whose life concerns don't get a lot of attention.
1: Miller also took a jab at the book's author, Michael Wolff.
3: The book is best understood as a work of very poorly written fiction. And I also will say that the author is a garbage author of a garbage book.
1: But there's at least one Republican lawmaker who sees fire and fury a little differently.
2: The issues raised in that book do, do raise concerns for most of us because uh, clearly, uh, the, the whole idea of uh, impulse control, lack of focus, I and mean, we've heard this before. The book more or less just confirms what many of us had been hearing. I'm going to leave it to the mental health professional to determine his fitness, but I certainly think some of those uh, comments and some of the behavior has called into question his fitness for sure.
1: Now, there's someone else who's playing defense this Monday, and that's the aforementioned Stephen K. Bannon. He's now trying to walk back that time when he called Donald Trump Jr. treasonous for a 2016 meeting with Russians. Bannon now says that Trump Jr. is a patriot and a good man, and that his comments were really about former campaign, Trump campaign chairman Paul Manafort. So will this about-face actually work? At least one pundit says no way.
2: It just is ineffective. He basically did it after his job at Breitbart is now in question. The president is on the phone demanding people take a black and white side and side with him against Steve Bannon. It's obviously desperation, but it's not going to help him.
1: And that pundit might be right. Sources tell CNN that Trump is still angry. And they add that Bannon's apology is, quote, too little and too late. In speaking of late, The White House is also playing defense over a new report about President Trump's office hours, saying that they're shrinking due to his request for what they're calling more executive time. Now, what exactly is this executive time, you might ask? CNN's Joe Johns has your answer.
2: Executive time apparently refers to uh, some of the early morning hours uh, when the president would stay in his uh, residence, tweet, Uh, listen to phone calls, make phone calls, and watch television.
1: Axios says the president now begins his official day at 11 a.m. Now, we should be clear to note here that CNN hasn't seen this schedule. And in a statement to Axios, Sarah Huckabee Sanders said in part that the president is one of the hardest workers I've ever seen and puts in long hours and long days nearly every day of the week, all year long. And finally, as we look ahead, to 2020, and no, it's not too soon to actually talk about 2020, President Trump may want to start preparing his defense against a potential opponent. Her name is Oprah Winfrey. Yep, that's right, Oprah. Sources close to the media mogul tell CNN that she is actively thinking about running for president. Now, those 2020 rumors were sparked by a stirring speech at Sunday night's Golden Globes, where Winfrey became the first African-American woman to win the Cecil B. DeMille Award for Lifetime Achievement.
4: So I want all the girls watching here now
1: to know that a new day is on the horizon. But for everyone who might be hoping that that new day she spoke about somehow includes a chance to actually vote for Oprah Winfrey for president, here's what she said just a few months ago.
4: There will be no running for office of any kind for me.
1: But maybe she'll have a change of heart thanks to the current occupant of the White House, President Trump, CNN's Brian Stelter explains.
0: She said to a Bloomberg interviewer last year, I never thought about it. Until President Trump was elected, Mm. I always thought I would need political experience. But now I wonder, hmm, maybe not. In Oprah's longtime companion,
1: Stedman Graham tells the Los Angeles Times, and these are his words, it's up to the people, she would absolutely do it. Now, just a reminder, there's 1,029 days until the 2020 election. Plenty of time for Oprah to maybe make up her mind, change her mind, we'll see. President Trump is hoping to turn the page on concerns raised by fire and fury. He's headed now uh, to Nashville, Tennessee, to address farmers. And this, of course, is a group that's already pretty loyal to him. We've got CNN's Boris Sanchez. He joins us uh, now from Nashville ahead of that speech. Boris, talk about the mood in the White House. We've, of course, uh, seen this president from Camp David. He's been on Twitter talking about that book, Still Fire and Fury, his current state of mind.
5: Hey there, Nia Malika. Yeah, it's a bit difficult to hear you, so I'll try to uh, speak a little bit loudly. But essentially, the mood over the last few days have been a, a combative one for this president. Several times on Twitter and to the press, he has been forced to defend his mental fitness and his capacity to do the job of president. He has gone on the attack, attacking uh, Michael Wolff, the author of that book, Fire and Fury, that draws into question not only the president's mental fitness, but also his relationship with some of his closest allies, president also attacking a former close ally, Steve Bannon, uh, the former White House chief of staff, who was one of the main sources uh, within that book. No telling yet if the president uh, will address some of uh, these topics that have been top of mind over the last few days here in Nashville. He's actually speaking to the American Farm Bureau. It's the first time in 25 years that a president is going to be speaking to this group. And his presence here really underscores Trump's message that a group that he feels has been long forgotten by Washington, D.C., he is fighting for, and that's rural America and these uh, farmers. The president is expected to tout his uh, tax reform bill that was passed in December and try to sell it to these folks. Don't forget that it remains nationally a deeply unpopular Uh, piece of legislation Uh, beyond that the president is expected to pledge to expand high-speed internet access in uh, these rural parts of the country where these farmers are based a recent report from a task force indicated that some forty percent of the United States last lacks that kind of robust internet that would boost uh, commercial uh, enterprises so that's what the president is expected to say but as you know Neomolika he often goes off the cuff uh, and attacks some of his opponents we'll see if he does that here
1: Boris Sanchez, thank you so much. We can see that event getting over underway soon. Still ahead, the spectacular falling out between Trump and his former chief strategist seems to be at this point beyond repair, despite a public apology. Our panel will weigh in on the latest from the president's feud next. Steve Bannon's attempt to get back into the good graces of his former boss is apparently falling flat at this point. A source inside the White House tells CNN that President Trump is privately fuming over his former chief strategist participation in that book, Fire and Fury. And Bannon's statement of contrition is being viewed as too little, too late. This As the president's aides rush to defend his mental illness over this past mental fitness, sorry, over this past weekend, the panel tonight, we've got Doug High, who is CNN political commentator and former communications director for the Republican National Committee. Jackie Kucinich, CNN political analyst and Washington bureau chief for the Daily Beast. Paris Denard, who's a CNN political commentator and member of the Donald J. Trump for president advisory board and Bill Press, host of the Bill Press show. Thanks, everybody, Thank for you. being here. Jackie, I'm going to start with you. This weekend, we saw a slew of AIDS, President Trump's top aides, going out uh, on television and talking about him defending his mental stability. How effective is this as a strategy? I think
6: one, this, this argument about his mental stability, I think, just reinforces people on both sides who already thought one way or the other. I don't know that... Uh, I mean, some interviews are better than others, of course. Uh, But I I think at the end of the day, um, the the people who want to believe this book and really um, were worried before, I don't know that anyone's minds were changed uh, based on the pushback this weekend.
1: Yeah, and the pushback we saw, obviously from Stephen Miller, you saw some from Nikki Haley as well. Doug, if you were advising them as to how they can move past this Uh, story that's been raised by fire and fury, what would you say to them?
7: The old song says accentuate the positive. That's what this White House was doing in late December. They had a series of successes that they could tout, things that they could talk about that their base liked, that the larger business community liked. We've seen a lot of good news with uh, companies talking about um, giving more bonuses to employees, uh, increasing contributions to 401ks because of the tax bill. Talk about what's working. If your weekend is spent defending your boss's mental stability That's not a good sign, to put it mildly.
1: And Paris, one of the things that's come out, too, this Axios report, which seemed to be a schedule, an actual schedule from the White House. Why do you think that people in this White House are leaking stories about this president that suggest his his schedule is changing because he wants more time in the morning for executive time?
4: I think that you have people that are working in the White House who should not be working in the White House. This is something that we have seen across the federal government, and it's very simple. If you do not like or support this president, don't take taxpayer dollars to fund your salary. It's very simple. There, there, there are a lot of people who are saying that this is because there is a deep state or people who are never Trumpers who are now in there waiting for something to happen so their real candidate can get in. I don't know what it is, but it's not proper. And the reason why you saw General Kelly come in and what Scaramucci would come in and try to say that the leaks have to stop and all this have to stop is because it's not helpful not only to the administration, but to the country and our reputation around the world. So they, the leaks need to stop because it doing much more destruction, not just to the president himself, but to the office of the presidency, which these people seem to forget.
7: Paris and I worked at the RNC at the same time. I think if you talk to anybody who worked at the RNC in late 2016, they would very privately tell you Trump's unstable, Trump's not going to win, he shouldn't be president, he'd be a bad president. A lot of those people then went into the White House and, what do you know, started leaking against their colleagues, against the president. It's part of why this administration is a total mess.
6: But another part of that is, in terms of the scheduling, it's the hypocrisy. Piece of this is that the president was very critical of President Obama for not working hard enough um, for golfing. And I mean, no one who cares if the president is golfing unless he's criticizing someone else for golfing. Um, And so I think that's part part of the issue. I remember
2: also when uh, Donald Trump then called President Obama a psycho and questioned his mental capacity. There's a tweet for that. (laughs) You know, there's a tweet for that. Yeah. So uh, things. Come around right again. But to Doug's point, if I can, uh, I, I, what I thought was stunning this weekend is he was a great opportunity for the president. He's at Camp David. He's got the leadership of the Republican Party there. They're developing ostensibly their agenda for 2018. They could have come out with a very positive message. Here's what we're going to do for the American people this year. And we're working together. You've got the House of Republicans, the Senate Republican leadership here, the president of the United States, my cabinet, Man, do we have a plan. Instead, he gets up and talks about what a genius he is, how smart he is, how stable he is. I'm mentally you know, healthy and all that kind of stuff very he stable is He is the, the one. the to... one who yeah. changes the agenda. No, I'll push back on it. Actually, if in. you
4: watch that press conference, it was actually a very good press conference. The president was on message. All of the people behind him were on message. It was very good. When he opened it up to questions, he responded to a question from the reporters about
2: that very issue and, no, and responded Paris. in contact. But, but that's that was, when he goes off message. You well, can't defend him for raising the subject. That's why no, no, we're no. talking about it. Because but, so he let's didn't be have not to do He didn't raise the, su- didn't raise the subject.
4: It. They asked him and he responded. You,
2: so you critique But he
4: him. did raise the subject on Twitter earlier. He but did. I'm talking about the press conference and how that press conference was actually he very well asked him ex- him if he executed. Hadn't and how he did a good job. But I think that the original thing is they were not on camera all weekend def- talking about or defending the fact that he was allegedly to be called mentally unstable. They were out defending this book, which was Filled, in my opinion, with lies and unsubstantiated claims. And I think what we forget is that the base actually likes it because what it does is it reinforces the narrative that the, that media, the media is out to is get, out Donald to get Trump. him and out to get this I'm going to bring Doug in quickly. Is this
1: something that will always hang over this presidency, right? Absolutely. I mean, and, and you just think he can't get past
7: it. Uh, we, Donald Trump has been a candidate and or president for over two years now. And we've said time after time, he needs to tweet less or tweet smarter. There needs to be less leaks, less backbiting, less infighting, less all of this.
2: More the, the,
7: the reality is, this is going to be a drama and chaos-filled White House for the d- remainder of Bar- or, excuse me Donald <laughs> Trump's term. And some of that is beneficial to Trump. Some of it is not beneficial to Trump. We've got to figure out where and why and how. But this is going to continue. There's not going to be any pivot.
1: So this last week, essentially, this last week and this last year, a preview of the next few years with the Trump administration. It is what it is. Well, coming (laughs) up, uh, media mogul Oprah Winfrey ignited presidential speculation on Sunday night at the Golden Globe Awards with a powerful speech. But what does the current president, Donald Trump, think about her? That's up next.
0: Back in 1999, when you were thinking of running as a reform party candidate, you told Larry King that you'd consider Oprah for vice president.
2: I like Oprah. What can I tell you? She Still on your short list? No, she's great. She's talented. She's a friend of mine. She's a good person. I've been on her show. In fact, I was on her show her last week. She said, could I be on her show with the whole family? I like Oprah. I mean, is that supposed to be a bad thing?
1: I don't no,
4: think but so. I So when no, you I think like about Oprah. who the kind of people you're going to run with? I think with.
2: Oprah would be great. I'd love to have Oprah. I think would win easily, actually. <laughs>
1: That was Donald Trump speaking to ABC back in June of 2015 about who he might want as a running maid. And now two of Oprah's close friends tell CNN that she is actively thinking about running for president in 2020. Buzz of her presidential prospects really took off after her powerful speech Sunday night at the Golden Globe Awards. The panel joins me now. Jackie How? Real is this? You probably saw that speech. People, you could hear a pin it's, drop, right? Sure. And it just rocketed across the internet. You know,
6: it, I mean, why not, right? At right. The, at this point, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 sure. But this also shows um, that the field for the Democratic uh, primary at this, this point is so wide open mm-hmm. that. Yeah, why not? Like, yeah. we can, you have Oprah, you've got Cory Booker, you have all these other people, and there really isn't a head of the Democratic Party, an heir apparent, um, to face off against Trump. So they're really, they're, they're grasping at a lot of
1: different people at And this Bill, point. you're, of course, a Bernie guy. Mm-hmm. If, if she runs in 2020, you team Bernie, you team Oprah. What do you think?
2: First of all, well, no, I don't see Bernie and Oprah. I see Bernie and Oprah and Cory Booker and Tim Ryan and Kirsten Gillibrand and Elizabeth Warren and... We've just gotten started. And I think of that field, Oprah beats anybody on that field. I really do. I I think, first of all, this is a talk show host dream. Are you kidding me? Two TV stars, Donald Trump and Oprah Winfrey, two billionaires... Two very, very popular people. She understands TV,
1: and running for president, as we've seen, right, is in some ways about understanding TV. Uh, Yeah,
2: it would be a dream.
0: Harris,
1: your boss thinks, I mean, not your boss, but someone you you support. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. obviously thinks very highly of Oprah Winfrey. What do you make of his comments? I,
4: I think it's genuine uh, Donald J. Trump. I think yeah. he looks at her as somebody, as an, as, an e- as his equal. Yeah. Someone who was self-made, someone who has been very, very successful, number one in everything that they do. So there's a lot of parallels between Oprah Winfrey and Donald J. Trump, and I think she should run in 2024 as a Republican. <laughs> right, not 2020. <laughs> not 2020, right. but as a Republican. Yeah. She, because listen, you said she should run as a Republican. She could, she yeah. should. I because, said 2024. And 2024, yeah. because Oprah has, in the past, voted for... Republicans yeah. for president, yeah. and so she's like Donald Trump. She's gone back and forth, and, and you don't really know until she has to come out and actually declare if she's going to. Or do she it. could just run on <laughs> the
1: Oprah <laughs> ticket, right? I yeah. mean, she's kind of she seems to sort of transcend everything.
7: Like Trump, she's she's her own brand. And to yeah. Paris's point, she, her and Trump are very different sides of the same coin. And you know, obviously she's been successful. Obviously she's a TV personality. But what she also has is an ability to connect with people in a way that we don't see very often. Trump did so, let's say, in the, the middle part of uh, Pennsylvania or in places like Wisconsin. And where those people turned away from the Democratic Party or felt the Democratic Party has turned away from them, their wives, their girlfriends, their daughters, their mothers all watched Oprah every day. That can be incredibly powerful. but. Well, we're all excited and we all get ahead of ourselves on this. Let's remember that every year liberal politicians either talk about running for president or moving to Canada. It very rarely happens. So we should temper that somewhat.
1: What do you think, Jackie, in terms of you have seen excitement from real political hands, people who, for instance, worked in the Obama White House talking about how great Oprah would be?
6: Again, I feel like it's because there's the absence of leadership yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, but, you know, to Doug's point, I mean, I, I remember George Clooney being in the mix at some point. Does everyone else remember <laughs> this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. so th- th- it's a- another day, another celebrity. Now, uh, the fact that she's reportedly considering this, that does take it to another yeah. level. Yeah, you know, it's it's didn't there's didn't been comments. a lot of
2: talk about Oprah running. I think she has more substance and more to offer than any of these other people we've talked about. But she's always been saying it's sort of reluctant, right? No, no, no. She said, she one time said, "I'm never going to run for political Recently. office." Recently, that speech last night. I mean, that was Obama in 2004 at the Democratic National Convention, I believe. And and I think she was telegraphing that, "Nay, I'm ready. I'm and ready."
1: What if it happens in 2020, Paris?
4: If it happens in 2020, she's going to be uh, up for a strong comp- a competitor in Donald J. Trump. How
1: do you run against Oprah? What's his nickname for Oprah?
7: That's right. Yeah, That gets us in a bad place. I, I don't <laughs> know what his nickname
4: quickly. is going to be, but but he has to stay on message. And I think by that time, he's going to have a lot of successes that he can run on that will appeal and make it very difficult for somebody like an Oprah to go against him because I think he's going to do a lot of good things for the natural constituencies which she would align with.
1: And the contrast it would seem to me would be... Tone, right i mean she's all about hope in a way right uh in transformation and spiritual paths so it seems to be it would and be positivity. kind of a positive it's mean,
2: positive and you get a
6: car Oprah. you get a
4: car
2: yeah yeah yeah
4: but it's yeah. interesting i don't know if it's if, if it's if it talks about the the weakness in the democrat field that one speech and Oprah winfrey can just say like you just said Oprah wins everyone. Yeah, no, it's true. There's a weak Democrat field, and that should be something that Republicans should narrow in on. We are still, Uh, we have the opportunity to be uh, strong. uh, No one has taken center
6: stage. uh,
2: I want to push back, too, Matt. You want to line up possible candidates for 2020 with all the great possible potential Democratic candidates for 2020. I'll take that bet.
7: Yeah. yeah, but, you know, we, we were told guys, that Republicans had the strongest
2: into,
1: bench ever, and in, the guy who in, wasn't on the bench, yeah, bench won. In 2016. No, you're right. Doug, <laughs> Jackie, all. Paris, and Bill, thank you, guys. Uh, this is day 354 of President Trump's administration. That's the State of America tonight. Check out our podcast. You can subscribe at Apple Podcast or your favorite app. We'll see you right back here tomorrow.